what a privilege it has been already to worship together and um, to give God glory through, uh, through the witnessing of a baptism. And I hope that that brought joy to your heart. Um, because it is a joyous time to be able to celebrate together when somebody is baptized. When they have taken that step and placed their faith in Jesus and then had the, the, um, the understanding and that desire to say to their friends and family in public that yes, they have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and what a, a perfect and fitting time to celebrate baptism on Palm Sunday. And today is Palm Sunday. We, uh, we, rec- we uh, recognize uh, as Palm Sunday the beginning of what we might call Passion Week uh, or Holy Week. Uh, we are uh, one week away from Resurrection Sunday, and we look forward to that uh, so much. And um, But today is special in that we celebrate uh, in remembrance of Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem for the very last time. So I want to um, just highlight a few things that are going on here in the life of Trinity, and then... We're going to open the Scriptures to Luke chapter 19. And in a, in a minute or two, it'll be up on the screen, but if you follow along in your Bibles, our passage for today is Luke 19. It's verses 37 to 40, just those few verses. That will be our focus for today on the, uh, the triumphal entry on what we call Palm Sunday. And so first I want to welcome you back. It's been a couple of weeks for me, and last week we went virtual, but it is good to be back together again, isn't it? And uh, it's been a long year, it's been about a year, and uh, since um, we had our, our first um, shutdown and went virtual, but you know, I think part of the theme for today is that God and his mission and our worship of him will never be stopped. Amen? And actually, that is our main point for today. But you know, uh, here at Trinity, we have three words that are important to us, and those words are learn, grow, and serve. And you see them around often because that's how we pursue being disciples. Again, as I said earlier, Jesus gave a commandment to his disciples, and he said, go into all the world, to all the nations, and make disciples, teaching them and baptizing them. And so, disciples are believers who have decided to make that commitment to be a follower of the great rabbi, of the Lord Jesus, our Savior, and making that commitment each and every day. And how do we pursue being a follower of Jesus? We do so by learning the truth and growing in our faith, and then, of course, serving. We serve one another, and we serve the community, and the world around us. So we learn, we grow, and we serve. And those are our core values here at Trinity. But every year, we also have a theme. And this year, our theme is taken directly from John 3.30, where John the Baptist simply says, He must increase as I must decrease. And that is our theme, that it would be all about Jesus for us this year, and that He must increase as we must decrease. And it's about putting our souls aside. It's truly taking to heart and putting into action what Jesus said to us that if we are to be His disciples, we are to deny ourselves daily, take up our cross 
following Him. So it is about self-denial. Now that's not always fun. But we know that's where our true and ultimate joy comes from. And that is from being a follower of Jesus and putting ourselves aside and allowing Jesus to be magnified. Amen? And so that is our theme for this year. That He must increase and we must decrease. A couple other things. Um, We have a a new um, teaching uh, series that's starting on Wednesday nights. It's a new Bible study. It will be every Wednesday night. We had to postpone the start of that. Uh, It was going to start a April. You'll be hearing more about that. It's called Dig Deeper. And Dig Deeper is going to be our time of, of Wednesday night study, going deeper into the Word of God together. That's going to be a a time of topical studies on biblical issues and current events and uh, biblical worldview concepts. And so it'll be one of those times where if you can't make a Wednesday, you can come on any Wednesday that you're available because you won't have to have had the one the previous Wednesday to, uh, to be on track. Does that make sense? So that is a new time, a new opportunity every Wednesday night. Uh, and we'll start that. Uh, the start was postponed. We'll start that in April. So you'll be seeing more about that, but that'll be a great opportunity to gather together and dig deeper into God's Word so that we can learn and grow together. And finally, as I just mentioned, next week is Resurrection Sunday, where we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that because in Him, in His death and resurrection, we have new life. What we just saw in baptism is, uh, is symbolic of us as believers being dead to sin as Jesus died, and then being raised to new life as Jesus conquered the grave. And as we say, the cross is empty, and the the, the grave is empty, the tomb is empty, and Jesus has risen. And so next week is Resurrection Sunday. And so it's also a great opportunity to invite your friends and family. Maybe you have close uh, friends and neighbors and family that don't often come to church, but they might come on an Easter, on Resurrection Sunday. So I would remind you and encourage you, next week would be a great opportunity to invite um, friends and family to come and, and join you and to join all of us in a time of celebration. All right. And so what I'd like to do now is read our passage for this morning and, uh, and then share with you just a few thoughts uh, about what it is that God may be showing us this morning as we open His Word together. First, let me pray. Let me pray, and, uh, and then I will read from, John, uh, from Luke 19, 37-40. Father, we are about to read Your Word. God, Your Word is precious to us as Your church. It tells us that it is alive and active, that it, um, it helps us to grow, to learn about You, and that Your Holy Spirit will constantly point us to Jesus and to the Word. Jesus being the living Word. And so God, we thank You for Your precious Scriptures. And may we take to heart what You have to teach us about You and about our relationship with You through them. Bless the rest of our time together, God, as we, as we seek to know You better through your word, and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Here it is. This is Luke 19, 37-40. And this is um, 
one part of the Palm Sunday story, the triumphal entry story. It says, as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And that is our reading from the Word of God this morning. And so, many of you are familiar with the triumphal entry story, or what we call Palm Sunday, what happened that day. And this is a small part of it. And so if you remember, Jesus was making His way to Jerusalem for the very last time. And He was coming to bring the announcement, finally, that the Messiah had come. If you remember, up to that point, He always told His followers, it is not yet time for people to know. It is not yet time to make that proclamation. Well, we know that God's timing is perfect. Is that right? We might not always like His timing. And I think, yeah, that's the biggest like amen that I just got. We don't always like His timing, but we do believe, at least up here, we know that God's timing is perfect. And so now, it was the perfect, established, ordained time for Jesus to come into Jerusalem and to be anointed as King, to be celebrated as the king of the Jews. The the king that had come to offer the kingdom to the people of Israel. But of course we know at this point, the people as a whole, especially represented by the Pharisees, who we'll meet in just a minute, they rejected him. This day in Jesus' life, it's extremely emotional. Now of course we know a short week later, even less than a week, how emotional it would be for him. And the Last Supper, and and then of course, Calvary. You know, this Friday we will have a, a Good Friday service, remembering the death of the Lord Jesus. Because remember, to get to Resurrection Sunday, we have to go through the cross of Calvary. Hopefully you can join us and you'll see more information about that, but We like to do that every year at this time and gather together and remember the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. But this particular moment was the beginning of the last week of His earthly ministry. His life on earth in in incarnate form. And so Jesus was coming into Jerusalem and now it says that He had to come from the Mount of Olives because if you remember, Jerusalem is up on a hill. Did you know that? Jerusalem is up on a hill, and so they were on the Mount of Olives, and I've never been there, but evidently it's a beautiful, gorgeous view, a majestic view of the city. Now, there's lots of buildings and establishments and houses and and roads that weren't there in Jesus' day, but still, you can see it. And then there's a valley. So he was on his way down the Mount of Olives, going through the valley up to Jerusalem, 
when all of a sudden this crowd started to really build and gather, and they gathered and worshipped and praised. Very loud and worshipped and praised to the coming King. But this was an emotional time. It was an emotional day for the Pharisees. It was an emotional day for the crowd. But let's not forget, church, it was an emotional day for the Lord Jesus. The last three weeks of my life and my family's life has been the most emotional in my entire life. And many of you know the story of of what me and my family have been going through. And we want to say, first of all, thank you. Thank you for all of the prayers, first of all. For all of the support, the texts, the phone calls, the food. Thank you for all of the food. Um, we are beyond grateful for our church family. And can I just tell you that that a time of suffering whether it's illness or hospitalization or the death of a dear loved one, church family. And I really hope that you, um, you don't have to, to learn it that way or be reminded of it that way, but please understand that we need each other and God, through Jesus Christ, has established the church. We are called the body. The body of believers. The church is not this building. The church is us. The church is a group of believers. The local church, small c, is a group of believers who gather together to bring worship and praise just like that crowd did. Because we are created to worship. But another important thing that we do together is fellowship. We are called to celebrate each other when we're celebrating life's milestones. And we are called to mourn along with each other, to carry each other's burdens. And church, you must carry difficult and heavy burdens. And I want to thank each and every one of you on behalf of my family. For three weeks, we've struggled with COVID in our home. We're all tested negative now and are on the mend, thank God. But it was extremely difficult in the midst of selling my father's home that he owned that I grew up in, 52 years he owned it, that I had to close out and and finish packing and, and moving that house while the rest of my family was still at home, severely sick with COVID, my father in the hospital because of, um, because of, um, just symptoms from from radiation and chemo and um, uh, just radiation that he's gone through because of prostate cancer. and Extremely emotional time. Things that would be emotional no matter what. But made so much more difficult. And then as most of you know, we lost my brother suddenly and tragically a week ago and laid him to rest yesterday. Um... And you can't explain it. And I'm sure all of you have been through times in your life that things are difficult and they just get more difficult and more difficult. And you wonder, God, how is this your will? 
And how could this be your timing? Jesus knew all about perfect timing. This day, entry into Jerusalem was the perfect time. But yet it was still very emotional. I have a little glimpse into what that might have been like. But there was emotion all around that day. The crowds were emotional, church. They, they had come out in droves, and it says in the passage that they were celebrating Him and worshiping Him with loud praise. When, when you worship God, when you were singing before, were you singing loud for all the world to hear? Were you following our brother Andrew's lead and singing nice and loud? We love it that he leads us in worship. Now, not every song, not every word has to be belted out, but you understand that the principle here that they saw Jesus, they saw His miracles, and they wanted to praise Him for it. Now, we might not have Jesus in the flesh in front of us, but have you seen Him working in your life? Have you seen His perfect timing when you didn't see it before? Have you seen it sometime in your life come to fruition where you can look back and say, yes, He was with me every step of the way. And did it lead you to bring worship and praise to Him? Worship and praise so loud your neighbors could hear you. I mean, that was the scene. The throng of people worshiping Him. It says, with a loud voice, rejoicing and praising. Can you picture it? See, church, that's what we're called to do. You know that? That we are made. Why did God make us? Why did He create Adam and Eve? And what was His purpose for creating humankind? To worship. To bring His glory. That we would be able to participate. That celebration with all of creation, like it says in Colossians 1. They're all created to bring Him glory. By Him and through Him and for Him. Church, that is why you live and exist. Do you know that? To bring God glory. It's to worship Him. But also, let us not miss this. We are created to worship Him. And in doing so, we are created as the church, as believers, to proclaim the Gospel. Take a moment for a heart check. How are you doing with that? How am I doing with that? Are we proclaiming the good news of Jesus for all the world to hear? Because this is why I wanted to focus on this passage. It's so unique and interesting. Did you catch what it said at the end in, in Luke 19, verse 40? What happened was all the crowd, now follow me here, all the crowd was worshiping, but here were those pesky Pharisees once again, always giving Jesus trouble. And it's the beginning of the last week of His life on earth, and here they are again. And they're part of this crowd, see? But some of the Pharisees, they, they say, Rabbi, they say, Jesus, keep your people quiet. Why would they say that? Because they knew they were threatened of course they knew that they were worshiping jesus as the promised messiah that he was the king of kings that had been promised so long ago to the people of israel and they knew that their power their authority was being threatened so they told him 
They said, Jesus, keep your people quiet. Tell them to stop worshiping and to stop doing it so loud. Because they didn't believe that Jesus was who the crowds believed. And not even all the crowd truly understood, as we see less than a week later. But what did Jesus say? Here's the focus for this morning. What did Jesus say to those Pharisees? Because they said, keep your people quiet. Rebuke your disciples. Tell them to stop. And Jesus said simply, I tell you, if these people were silenced, the very stones would cry out. Have any of you ever been to Israel? No. Okay. Let's go. We're going to do it? We'll make sure. There we go. I think for all believers, it's one of those trips of a lifetime that you would love to go. And and uh, I've talked to many people that have gone and heard those stories. And you know, think about this. You could go today to the Mount of Olives, and you could stand in the general area where Jesus and the crowds were. Think about this. The Mount of Olives is still there. Okay? This is not just some you know, made-up place in the Bible. This is real. And you could go and you could see Jerusalem, just like Jesus and the crowds did in that valley in between, and you would go up to Jerusalem, you could see rocks that perhaps are still there from the day that Jesus said this to the Pharisees. Isn't that amazing? And you could go, and you could see and be there when all this was happening, and Jesus says to the religious leaders, the Pharisees, if I rebuked my followers and told them to be silent, the very stones right here on this road, the very stones, the very boulders, they would cry out. Now, why would Jesus say this? Well, there's two reasons. You know, when Jesus uses a parable or an illustration, He's always got at least two meanings. You know that, right? I mean, he, he, of course He does this like nobody else can, but He speaks to people, He'll say a few words, and it'll hit. it'll go to the heart of each group the way that it should. Because Jesus always got to the root of the issue, didn't He? He never take Jesus for one that would beat around the bush, right? So Jesus says to the Pharisees, if I silence this crowd, my followers, today of all days, then even the rocks would cry out. There's two things that He's saying here. First is actually, it's good. He's saying to the disciples, to the crowds of the Pharisees, He's saying, I am to be praised. I've always told them it's not the time. Now is the time. And so I am the Messiah. I am God. And I should be praised. It is right for them to praise their anointed King. God is to be praised. And nobody will stand in the way of God getting all the glory. But you know what? We shouldn't take that and say, well, it's okay if I go to church. It's okay if I don't worship God. It's okay if I don't do that because... God will get His glory. It's okay. No. You know what? First of all, we miss out and God misses out because He wants our praise and worship. Do you know that? He desires that. He he gathered us as a church, as believers, to bring Him praise and honor and glory. That is our calling, church. We get together on Sundays. This is our celebration time. You following me? But then we go out from here until we meet again, and we are His witnesses in the world. We are to be proclaiming 
So the rocks don't have to. We are to proclaim that Jesus has come. To proclaim and share the Gospel. The good news of salvation in Jesus and Jesus alone. See, we're supposed to be like the crowds. Waving the palm branches, laying down cloaks, cheering in Jesus. We have done that as believers. And we have invited Him right, by accepting that gift of salvation. But then, what do we do with it? We thank Him for it and worship Him and cry out loud like the crowds did, and we tell others. How are we doing with that? We tell others the good news so that they can join the crowd. See? You see the, the, the symbolism there? The connection there? So the crowd will continue to grow. So that we would share the good news of the Gospel. But there's this other meaning in what Jesus is teaching here, church. I don't want us to miss this. When he says even the stones would cry out, who is he talking to? The Pharisees. Now, Jesus, of course, knew the Scriptures. The Pharisees knew the Scriptures better than anybody. In Habakkuk chapter 2, if you remember a long time ago, we studied Habakkuk. There is this passage that I believe Jesus was referencing. Now, this would have been for the Pharisees in particular. This passage from Habakkuk chapter 2. He is talking about judgment on Babylon. Remember them? The big bad Babylonians? Judgment on them because they had built... Listen, the Babylonians had built their empire on the blood of others through, through murder and through pride and through treacherous ways. And so God is proclaiming judgment against Babylon through the prophet Habakkuk. But look at what he says in... This is in Habakkuk 2. It says, Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many peoples. You have forfeited your life. And then it says, For the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the woodwork respond. Meaning, even this great city that Babylon had built on the back of slaves and others, such heathenistic society they were. The proclamation of judgment is that there will be witnesses to your sin against God. So Jesus, I believe, is referring to this and saying, you know what? The stones will cry out as a witness against you, Pharisees. As a witness against you and your evil deeds against God whom you say that you worship but in your heart. You do not. He's saying these crowds have it right. They are worshiping. They are doing what they're supposed to. But he's proclaiming judgment. See how Jesus did that? In a few short words, he's proclaiming judgment against the Pharisees, but at the same time he's encouraging his followers, worship. Now is the time to worship. The final word about this. It was the perfect time. In Daniel chapter 9, put that in your notes if you want, Daniel chapter 9 and some of the last verses, we read about what's called Daniel's 70th week. It's something I've talked about a few years ago, but in Daniel chapter 9, we can see God gives to Daniel, he was uh, in captivity where? In Babylon. He gives the prophet Daniel a prophecy, a vision 
of the future coming of Jesus the Messiah. His second coming to earth after the rapture, after the tribulation. He gives a time. And he says, this is when it's going to happen. If you take the Bible literally, which I encourage you to do, you read Daniel 9 and you will see that God gives Daniel a prophecy about when Jesus will come as king and be anointed as king the first time. And I believe that it points to this very day. He gives details and timing in Daniel 9. And you could then trace it through the rest of Scripture and say, here is the day, what we call Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, that Jesus was anointed to come into Jerusalem as King. Jesus' timing was perfect. He knew what He was doing. He knew that it would be this day, the beginning of this Passover, for this particular time, that Jesus would come in Jerusalem for the last time. And He says to the religious leaders, If I silence my followers, even the stones will cry out. Church, let's not let the stones even have to cry out. Because it is for us to do. That is what we are called to do as a church. To worship Him. To cry out and praise Him for bringing salvation. What's that big word of praise that we always think about on Palm Sunday? Hosanna. Hosanna. Weren't they praising Him laying down the palm branches? Hosanna. They welcomed the King in on a donkey. From Zechariah 9.9, another prophecy fulfilled in Jesus. And he's coming in as a peaceful king on a donkey, not a stallion as a conquering king, but on the back of a donkey as it was prophesied. And he's coming in as a king of peace. And he's coming in, but yet they were to reject him. If you were to read a few verses later, it says Jesus wept. The second time he wept publicly, the first time we see was at the death of Lazarus. But this time it was for all to hear. He wept. Why? Because he knew that they had rejected him. And he says, if only they would know the peace that he came to bring. But they did not know. But yet he said, it is good to worship and to praise today. And church, it is good and right and worship for us to praise him every day. Because that is our calling. And in doing so, to proclaim good news of the gospel. To tell others so the rocks don't even have to cry out. That we do what we are to do. See, Jesus knew it was the perfect timing of the Father. And He knew what was about to happen. He saw the crowds and He said, yes, it is time. It is time because I am the King. And this was the prophecy that is now being fulfilled in Him. But yet we know it was the beginning of the last week of his life and we knew what would happen. Because you know what, church? This crowd that Jesus said, I'm not going to silence because they were so raucously praising him. Just a couple of days later, they were silent. Let that not be up, church. May we always worship him and share the good news of the gospel.